You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. So good morning, happy Sunday. If you're watching this on Sunday, we are doing a little soul silence and sound here on part of the Soul and Luna cycle and also Be Simply Programming. And I just want to thank you for being here. Our camera is a little crooked, uh, but I'll straighten that out in a moment. For those listening to this, uh, if you do want to participate these, in these visually, just give me an email and I'm happy to send you the details on the different ways you can participate uh, by registering for the classes. So today, uh, last week, past two weeks, we've been talking about um, several things, <laughs> one being renewal and regeneration. And uh, yesterday I did a meditation leading you into the new moon and the power of choice, this opportunity that we have right now to make a choice that will uh, serve our highest and best. And so building off this, um, the possibility of understanding that one, we regenerate, two, that we have a choice in front of us, and then the third part of which we talked about last week was our attention. And I was welcoming you to practice in this past week, your attention from here to there and to see what uh, occurs when you bring that attention into place. So if right now I'm staring at the screen to me um, and, then, and then even connecting beyond to all of you that are connecting to this programming, that's where my attention is. And then there's that other aspect of bringing in the observer, uh, the second attention where we aren't so engaged as a, like two actors on a stage, person to person or person to many person people. We are actually witnessing the scene and we'll be, we're becoming the director of our screenplay called Life. And so today I want to further talk about this because it's really, really important that we start to practice this, especially right now at this juncture, uh, because our mind is being pulled in so many different directions. So attention is very difficult for many people, hence why many people get diagnosed with attention deficit disorder when really they don't have a disorder. It's just practicing, uh, focusing. And even if you are uh, given a prognosis of that, that's okay. You can actually find balance with that if you practice. It's no different if you practice doing sit-ups and you get your abdominal wall stronger. So it's the same thing when we talk about uh, wh what and how can we focus on that which we want to uh, engage with what we want to master, what we want to really be involved with. And this will happen a lot in relationships because people get bored. And right now the 
time limits that we're given our attention to, even on the internet, is being parceled down less and less and less. And there's a reason that technology is doing this because they want to keep you not focused because of what's available to us right now. And so if inspired, this is that moment that you can actually take the time to practice being in focus. And each and every one of us has a job that we do every single day. One that is about tending to our own well-being, then the job or vocation that we might practice in the physical world or that we practice in our home for our family. Every single day, we have this opportunity to practice focus, yet we get distracted. And um, I would say it's even more and more difficult because people have so many different inroads of communicating with us that it, it becomes a little even confusing in that, like where do I go to here, there, everywhere to um, find where I'm gonna communicate. Some of that's good, variety is good, because then you can choose the ecosystem that works for you. However, uh, people that aren't in that ecosystem still need a way to get a hold of you. Therefore, that's why meditative practice is so amazing, because then we start to sense what is in and around us. And with that, it's so powerful that we have this opportunity to engage in that way, that we have the opportunity to say, ah, I could sit and practice getting my mind blank. And so then I'll be able to use all these sensory apparatuses that are beyond just the basic senses you've been taught about, that you can start to utilize those. And, you know, a perfect example is that, you know, many of the leaders that I've worked with, their senses and their abilities are great, not because they've been uh, inundated with mechanical things, they actually are inundated, have inundated and integrated organic things into their life, meaning that they've really learned from the ultimate teacher on this planet, Mother Nature. And so when we learn about the ecosystem that we are a part of, rather than approaching it mechanically, we start to place focus and attention, just similar to our relationships. If we place focus and attention on those relationships that are important to us, then they can start to grow and prosper and evolve and regenerate. They don't have to come to a dead end. And so today, what I would like to encourage all of you to do, if you did do the practice of being between you and an object, that I would like to encourage you to take the time and space, space, I don't like using that word. Uh, and the reason for that, it's, it's an imposed measurement system on the infinite. And so when we constrict the infinite, then it becomes uh, finite in a way that doesn't really apply, especially in meditative repose and some of the practices uh, that I work with if I'm limiting it by chronos time. So I'll continue to try to correct myself but see, that's programming. Uh, so if you've been practicing having your attention just in the mundane world, but then really locking it in between you and the object, you and the person and or people, and see what happens because the space expands or more things are uh, realized in that moment. And then, as I mentioned, the second attention is where we start to become the observer, the director. And this allows our 
higher self, our innate wisdom to make some choices. And those choices are powerful. Uh, if you come from a heart centered space, a pure space, meaning that you're really a person that has uh, an impetus to want to be of service. This is humanity. Humanity has a natural impetus to be of service. And so if you are connected to humanity in that way, uh, this is the opportunity for you to kind of direct yourself by through observation. So you're not commanding anything, you're, you're observing, and then you're making the choice. So that step one is to really practice being present here. Step two is to start to be the observer, kind of the director, and you're, get, you're not ready to give commands or direction, but you're observing and seeing what's possible. And then from there, you start to direct yourself. And within that space, this is very important, that integrity is important because right now on this planet, all things are not understood. And so people will start um, trying to quote unquote, hack nature, hack uh, aging, hack this, hack that. However, there's something that needs to be considered and that's your eternal being. We can run ahead and many other civilizations have attempted to do this. They've run ahead with humanity because maybe they had access to knowledge from someplace else. And what happens is that is premature. And so that collapses. It goes through entropy, a heat death. And this has been a lesson that uh, we beings on this planet, humanity has been attempting to learn from mother nature. So many beings uh, have been here and they have attempted to impose other things or grasping on what they think should be in this moment in space. And some of that is from the impetus of, or the inspiration of, uh, wanting to help, help others, wanting to help them get there faster or cure them. However, if we look at uh, the understanding that our healing, our transformation is psycho-spiritual because it is the eternal being that exists infinitely. And so it's not the physical dwelling. It's not the perception of your thoughts. It's not even the relationships you're having. It's this eternal being that's here expressing itself in the perceptual physical uh, world that we live in. And this is a great home base because it gives us a lot of information and it allows us to have checks and balances. And so the really the important point here is that, hey, are we willing to have integrity here? Are we willing to stop and listen and check ourselves, are we willing and able to say, wow, uh, can I um, check myself and see what is unfolding uh, in this reality for me? And that's why when we bring our presence just to where we are, right where we are, we're not texting someone someplace else, we're not checking in on social media someplace else, we're watching and looking around us and seeing what's available to us 
in the present moment. And then of course we have soul ley lines, we have family that might be spread out all over the planet. And the more that we strip away the attachment to the instant fix, the on-demand, uh, all that stuff, a little bit is helpful, but you know, again, you have to have a balance because we have responsibilities in this possible space that's around us right now. And so if inspired, you start working with it, you start feeling, okay, how do I want to show up? Where is my integrity and how do I want to apply it? And what happens is when we go to listen and we meet with our inner code of ethics, and this is different for everyone based on where they are. And this is why hacking doesn't work. Running ahead doesn't work. Hooking yourself up to a machine to force something that you haven't earned doesn't work because it's going to set you back. And that's the same thing that can happen with plant medicines, all those things. There's a space where you welcome that energy in, but what will happen is humanity will sometimes want to grasp that and get more, or they'll have a, a false sense of, uh, they call it profit complex, where they start to feed off the energy of the plant and they feel it's their duty and their responsibility to be delivering that. Yet it's the plant's responsibility and those that have been guided there to do that in a way that um, is really by birth, at birth, um, and then, you know, you go into that process. Now, you might be crossing, let's say, for example, uh, the plant medicines, yet you're starting to build and gather, and that's where that accumulation is so important because we take these uh, experiences with us, just like we'll, we'll learn from a relationship or uh, something that we created and it didn't go exactly right, or maybe something we made in the kitchen, it wasn't exactly what we thought. And so when we learn from these experiences, we have that opportunity to be like, wow, I really understand this in a whole different way. And that is a beautiful thing. When we start to understand that there are so many ways to accumulate information and continue to build upon that as we live an eternal life, not just a single life. Now, if you, and this goes back to our theological talk a couple weeks ago on Easter, is that if you are in a uh, process right now studying a certain theological practice, that uh, guides you towards one life, one shot, meaning that you here you are in the physical, then you're gonna go from here into the kingdom of heaven. Um, in the East, they might call this nirvana. That would be still a multiple life experience to get there, like type to realize you wanna be there. But realize that that's a choice, and that if you choose, you wanna follow this pathway, uh, then you're saying, okay, I'm going to accept, let's use a Christian basis, but which I talked about, and I'll put that below. Um, I'm going to accept this practice, and I'm going to accept when I leave this body that I'm going to be going to that place. Now, there's no certainty to that place until you get there, right? So you won't have a way to really understand it until you've go into that space and experience it. And then 
a good contemplation before you go there is do I want to stay there? What is that about? What are these teachings telling me? And do I know them to be true? And that's why I really encourage people to be present with their practices because they will reveal themselves. You will find the truth within them. You will find what uh, works for you in this physical perceptual reality and beyond. And so, and know that, you know, even if you make a decision right now, you might get to that place and make another decision because you have acquired information until that point, until that gateway. Um, and so that's why it does help to bring in the observer, the second attention to observe yourself as if you're the director on the set, looking at what's possible. And before you start to instruct the actors, you check in with your code of ethics, meaning, um, and this isn't like an action uh, horror film, we're saying you're checking in with your code of ethics and say, what is the, the most powerful uh, pure expression that we can uh, create in this moment. And that's where we start to take into account other people, like, you know, what other people are going through. Uh, how can I assist without enabling? How can I uh, take accountability for what's going on inside of me and bring forth uh, my best effort in action? And then we start to realize that if we're in a self-aware community, other people are doing the same thing. So all of a sudden you're having a conversation, but the awareness isn't just here, it's also out here. And then you're in a beautiful co-creation because it's like, ah, this could happen, this can happen. And it feels fluid, effortless. And this truly is where mastery starts to uh, have an alchemical response with the entire ecosystem. And this is why when people do participate in plant medicines, that they start to have a sense that this is possible. And with that, it's just so amazing because uh, you get a glimpse, but then you come back to the physical world. And then whatever you were taught or shown in that moment, you have the opportunity to say, hey, what do I want to do with that? Where do I want to go with that? And um, what do I have to learn? because similar to a meditation, you might have a perception, you might start to feel things in the physical body, the emotional body, the spiritual body, the, the mental body, and you might start to like create friction with it. And that friction gives you a lot of information. And again, it's like the feeling of it, like person to person to exchange, but as soon as you pull yourself out, you start to be like, wow, I'm like, and you get to see beyond that little friction point, you get to see where the roots, where, where the depth is and what's available to liberate. And when we work even with the sound, so, you know, I couple the meditation and then the sound, when we go from that to that, there's this opportunity to just let it go. And that's why movement, um, the balancing the electromagnetic field of your body is so important, keeping the body um, healthy and vital, meaning good nutrients, water, all of those things uh, replenished in a way that gets you in a position that you can be your best. And so those pillars, uh, even in this observation, because again, we have perception, and I'll go back to the pillars in a moment, but we have perceptions of 
in the moment when we're engaging and then we're observing, but we might have ideas and perceptions of what we think or we believe is most helpful. But until we start practicing the, with the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual body, we don't know what works. And sometimes that's a trial and error. And sometimes where we do have the resistance, that's where we want to welcome someone to really dive in deep because at that juncture, there's something beyond that. And the resistance is just like walking through a sheer curtain, but it feels like a brick wall. So on a daily basis, when we take the time to sit in repose, move the body, get good water in, uh, get nutrients that serve the being, and we take accountability, we're self-aware, all of those things, especially with our emotional body, we start to put ourselves in a position where we can step into that observer role, into the creative impetus of what we want to do with what's available for us in every given moment. And so you might notice this, you might go to a family dinner and you might sit there and start engaging and getting triggered, yet you also have the opportunity to step back and see where everyone's at. You might have something really valuable to add. However, you might realize that the people at the table are not open to hearing what you have to say. They may not even care what you have to say, which is okay. Then if you're the observer, and you are about to step into that director, creative director role, you're like, hmm, what value can I add here? And where could this be enriched and juiced up for everyone at the table? Not just yourself from an egoic state, like you have the, the stone tablets from the mountaintop. It's more like, ah, oh, what do I have to offer here? Like, oh, Bob seems really sad. Sally seems super happy. Um, how can I create a bridge between these two realities? And so, and then there's an opportunity for you to say, how can I get Sally and Bob to interact in a way that is going to feed both of them? Because Sally might perceive that Bob is a downer and downer might, and Bob might perceive Sally as being annoying because she's so happy. Uh, so there's just a simple example of where, oh, and you could be that person that orchestrates that. And that can go many, many different ways. So that's just a simple, like kind of mundane example. And then when we go into these higher states of consciousness, then we can really start to shape space around us for the higher and best. And so this is where that integrity, um, I would say best or better, the highest possible awareness that you might have, uh, and that's a selfless space. It's not a selfish space. If you're starting to manipulate, you know how to observe and you're starting to manipulate people, places, and things only for your interests, that is actually a karmic and cosmic violation because you are preying upon others to get what you want. And it's not coming from a place of, we could call it the win-win uh, it doesn't mean that you can't have what you want, but if you're intentionally going into a space and manipulating people to get what you want uh, versus how can I serve many and assist them in getting what they want or point them in the right direction. Again, it's moving from this predatory uh, attitude to this mentor, teacher, student uh, 
possibility. And within that, the possibilities are endless and everyone can have a very enriched experience. So that's where uh, the integrity is required because when we enter into these spaces and we don't have integrity, we're navigating and wanting to uh, be center stage or gather something for ourselves or prove that we have something uh, that anyone else doesn't have, all these different things versus being there and saying, how can, why are we all here? We're all sat down at the table together and what can we co-create? And it's not on based on conditions or what you can do for me. It's like, oh, I have the opportunity to be in an orchestra, to create a tapestry with these individuals and see what happens. And that baseline starts to build trust, a very strong foundation. And most people, uh, want to feel safe in their ecosystem, especially at this moment on planet Earth. And they want to really establish that level of trust. And that's going to come from your integrity and the integrity of you showing up uh, many times in a way that reaffirms that you're there that way. If you continue to show up different ways, and even if you have, we all have them, uh, you know, your jagged little edges, even if you consistently show up with your jagged little edge, that gives people more trust because they know that that's true. Uh, but if you're all over the place and uh, you're always trying to carry one perception and you give people a little glimpse of your jagged edge and then they're confused because you're always have been consistent this way, but then that little jagged edge comes in um, or something completely out of the blue that no one's ever seen. And then it goes away for a really long time. Um, that becomes disorienting because people really look for patterns in people's behaviors. This is how, uh, children build their bonds with their parents. And, um, that's why it's important to be as true as possible in every moment with integrity. So, this week, we're going to bookend it here, is that I welcome you to continue to observe and then place the energy uh, between you and whatever you're connecting with. And then from there, you're going to bring yourself into that observer, creative director while you're ready, and then you're going to bring your integrity there. So if anytime in this next week you find yourself uh, in question, you find yourself in fear, doubt, or anxiety, pull yourself out and observe what you're uh, contemplating, what you're trying to figure out. If you're in a cr super creative space and you think you know the answer, pull yourself out and look at it from all sides. If you're having uh, misalignments with dynamics at work, home, or whatever, again, pull yourself out and look at it from all sides. Then you'll know the direction you want to give yourself. Now, again, bringing your ethics and remembering that only you can direct this yourself. You're not truly a director on a movie set, meaning that every person that shows up has a responsibility to show up the best they can if, and they'll give the capacity that they have. And then you work with that. You say, okay, this is where we're at, you know? Um, so I encourage you to practice that reevaluate again, your code of ethics. Again, they're going to be different for every person. And this is a good conversation to have with people to see what their code of ethics are. So you can see where you're not aligned, you are aligned just because they have different code of ethics doesn't mean that you can't create and play and collaborate with them. 
but it's important to understand what is important to them because let's say being truthful is important to you. It doesn't mean that you lie, but let's just say it's not important to you, but someone else, it's super important to you, to them. There's going to be less wiggle room for you if you, maybe you're a storyteller, you're an exaggerator, um, and you don't have awareness, self-awareness of what that is doing to other people when you're not truthful. Um, and again, truth, that's a whole other topic, but there's all... So what we're going to do right now is lead into the silence portion. Uh, what I'm going to remind you of in that discussion that we've had, this sharing, is that I'd like you to practice, to practice being present between you and the objects, people, place, person, your ecosystem, really see what's available there without distractions, without going out beyond, keep it, keep it local, really local. And then from there, I'm welcoming you to then come into that observer mode to see how you can serve the situation. And then after that, you're going to start to have some creative choices put in front of you. And then next week we'll talk about that action and that truly the action will uh, merge with your code of ethics, which is really important. But for today, we just want to bookend it there. And if you um, are watching this, we're going to go into the silent meditation. If you're just watching the Dharma talk and you want to hear the rest of what happened, the link is below. All right, so I want you to take a nice gentle breath in and then exhale out. Again, inhale and exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. One more inhale. And exhale. And then gently from there, just Soften your gaze at a focal point in front of you. Observe your natural breathing pattern and just gently flow into the silent meditation.
Taking a soft, gentle breath into your heart center, gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale. And exhale. One more inhale. And exhale. And then gently from there, you're going to roll over onto your right or left side, just curling up into your ball like that fetal position. And then taking another deep breath in and out again, inhale and exhale. Good. One more inhale. And exhale. Good. And then gently from there, welcoming you to take one more full body breath in, giving yourself another big hug. And then gently from there, you're going to rise up to a seated position. And then as you rise up, just extending that spine up, dropping those shoulders down and then giving thanks in this moment, feeling your vitality. And then taking another deep breath in and out. And I just welcome you to be here a little bit longer, to give gratitude for all that you are. And in this moment, just feel into those tools of being present with that which is right in and around you, stepping back and observing and welcoming the seeds of inspiration, the possibility and the choice. And just be with that practice. No need to take action quite yet or direct yourself. Just practice to observe without judgment and see the possibilities. I want to thanks, thank Random Rab for being our undercurrent, the river, during the silent meditation. I would welcome you to stay and listen to Shine by Kadri Scott, a co-production also with Dante Marino. In addition, I want to thank Dante for your assistance in helping me uh, produce and record the sound that we listened to today. Until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a soft gaze, a gentle smile, a deep bow.
and a namaste. Be simply. you